0: This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Leadership is always an important component of the makeup of a company. It sets the tone as to where that person wants to take the firm. But looking inside of leadership, we are seeing the needs for purpose as an important piece of leadership as well. And that is the focus of a new book titled Leading from Purpose. It is by author Nick Craig. He is also president and founder of the Core Leadership Institute, and he joins us on the show right now. Nick, welcome.
1: Thank you, Dan.
0: Thank you. Great to have you with us. So it is purpose being a constant in an ever-changing world right now, correct?
1: Oh, big time, my friend. So the level of uncertainty that we find ourselves in these days where what was stable for the last 50 years all of a sudden isn't definitely humbles, I think, all of us. Um, I think the biggest insight I have from the 10,000 people I've worked with and some of them at Wharton as well is that the one thing that doesn't change is our purpose. And so it, in some sense, it's the solid ground that we actually can stand on.
0: So when you think about leadership, then, it, it is supportive of the leader and where he wants to take that company, the, the day-to-day operations, correct?
1: Well, yeah, in some sense, each of us has a unique purpose. And I think the point here is is that Every leader, no matter who they are, even if they're in the same situation as someone else, what they do and how they do it is their own signature. And in some sense, that's the purpose that they have. So knowing what that is is the key to the kingdom because I don't know about you, but the world is always trying to tell us what we're supposed to do. Yeah. But uh, very rarely is it very useful. It only works, you know, like when you see the thing about the uh, mutual funds, you know, this is only relative to past performance well, Right. right. Yes. for most leading.
0: Nick Craig, joining us, uh, author of the book "Leading from Purpose: Clarity and the Confidence to Act When It Matters Most." Your comments welcome at eight four four Wharton eight four four nine four two seven eight six six, or if you'd like, send us a comment via Twitter at bizradio one thirty two or uh, my Twitter account, which is at danloney twenty H- one. How much does the the idea of purpose? Play into the business community because of how seemingly we are ever changing, ever turning. Digital obviously runs so much of our lives right now.
1: Well, here's the thing that that is actually the point why purpose actually really is sticking. So, you know, I get to work with everything from Ben and Jerry's to doing programs at uh, Wharton or West Point, or I've got a I've got a digital bank in Amsterdam for which all five thousand employees are doing this work. And the bottom line is is that we all need something that doesn't change to stand on, that we can say, okay, so what is the course we need to take? And yeah, all this other stuff is happening, but in some ways, the beauty of purpose is it doesn't change.
0: You talked in in a variety of of cases in this book, uh, and the one that that kind of jumps out to me and it's very interesting is the fact that you're talking about uh, the the u s military academy at West Point and how and how purpose kind of plays into what they think uh, leadership is and, and obviously from a very important perspective, uh, our military
1: yeah, so in some, you know, listen, i've done this program all over the world, so when I went to West Point to work with faculty. I I was kind of curious to say, well, was this thing going to work or not? Everywhere I go, I sort of have that question sometimes. And in some sense, that group, it even took on more strongly than even some of the others, because every individual there has an underlying ethos of service. And when you add purpose to service, you begin to see what is it that has them take a career that isn't the one where they would make the most money, in which it's very likely that if they're successful, they'll be in a firefight. Very few people have that as a definition of success. Yeah, right, yes. And so with that, you've got to have something truly solid that you feel as to why you're doing this stuff. What is the intrinsic motivation? So for many of these individuals, what was amazing was is the word love was in a lot of their purpose statements. And it was a shock to me. Wow. Because I was like, of all the groups, that was the group. I never thought that that word would be part of it. But you realize that if you're going to give your your life for your country, if the word love isn't in your purpose, chances are you're in the wrong job.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right, because as you were laying that out, I was thinking, how does love play in this? But love of country, obviously, is is part of this process.
1: Love of family, love of, uh, yeah, love of country, all of that. So um, one of the guys uh, who's in the book, um, he uh, decided he was in the, the surge, and he was the aide to Petraeus during the, the Iraq surge, and he was on track to become a a general and decided not to do that because of the purpose that he had and to go back and get a PhD because he wanted to go back to West Point to work with the cadets. Well, while he's getting his PhD, he's at the Boston Marathon, uh, and he was right there when the bombs went off. And he had a guy he was taking who was blind, who he put aside, and he was one of the first responders. And actually, he was helping The EMS first responder teams figure out how to put tourniquets on it because he actually knew how to do it in a way they hadn't because he actually had to do it in the field. And that point,
0: I'm sorry, finish up. I'm sorry.
1: No, and the point is, is that he wouldn't have been doing that if he would had been a general. He he had decided to follow his purpose and do something outside the norm, and that put him in a situation where he actually had to use his skills in a moment that truly, he saved about six people's lives that day.
0: And and you say that, that, and that plays into exactly one of the things you talk about, is that when you're talking about the use of purpose, it it is most impressive, most impactful when we use it in both our business and in our personal lives.
1: Well, yeah, in some ways, the beautiful thing about purpose is, is you don't really turn it off. You have a different way you express it. Look, how we express it when we're hanging out with our kids or our neighbors is very different than we're sitting in a, a very serious boardroom meeting or dealing with analysts. At the same time, what you bring that's unique to a situation, whether you're running a radio show or running a meeting or whatever the case may be, there's something you bring that someone else with the same skill wouldn't. And that's your purpose.
0: Is it, is it in your mind, a kind of an ingrained mindset behavior that, that people have in them? Or is it, at times, also a learned behavior?
1: Well, I think purpose is in some sense a a way in which we see the world that is ours that many times comes from like our magical moments as a childhood, as a kid, or, or from our challenging life stories. But how we deal with those, each of us has a different way of doing it. So in some ways, I see purpose as sort of the thread through our life that is the constant while everything else changes. The challenge is most of us don't know what it is. Um, Einstein had a wonderful quote associated with him, which is, everyone's a genius, but if you ask a fish to climb a tree, it will spend its whole life thinking that it's stupid. The challenge for most of us is that we're being asked to always climb a tree. And we try to. And the bottom line is, is what if we're the fish? And the challenge is, if you know what you are, then you can actually truly step in and own it. And if you own it, then you can lead from it.
0: How do you think, that then, purpose? that mindset can can impact uh, companies. And, and obviously when you're talking about somebody that is of a leadership role in a company, whether that be C-suite or, or mid-level manager, having that purpose can, can really, it can be a bonding element for companies, which obviously is very important right now as a lot of companies are looking to be able to accomplish more with teams than they are individuals these days.
1: Absolutely. And you know, if we look at the most iconic brands that we have out there, whether it's Lego or it's Amazon or it's Starbucks or it's Apple, those are all or Southwest Air, those are all based on the purpose of the founder and their ability to then have that be the expression of the company. I mean, one of the best funnest examples I have of this is I had a guy um, who I was working with who was the CEO of Ben and Jerry's. Right? Yeah. Iconic brand. Yeah. And his purpose ends up being Helping people thrive in paradox and ambiguity for things that really matter. Now, a purpose like that means that you're happiest when all hell breaks loose. And he was, you know, he was this guy's Name is Jostein Solheim, and he was about to leave Ben and Jerry's because it was a 24-month turnaround. And he was, he was a turnaround guy, and go on to the next thing. When he realized what his purpose was, he said, "No, I'm going to stay." Okay, he stayed for eight years, and he took the business from half a billion to a billion. And his biggest iconic, one of his biggest, most powerfully, most satisfying things he did was he was the one who okayed in 2011 or 12 the release of a flavor from Ben & Jerry's called Shweaty Balls. That's right. That's right. You, exactly. You remember it. Yes, okay? I do. No one, no one ever forgets it. Yeah. How many ice cream flavors have you ever remembered?
0: No, you there there's never been one out there and obviously it's a play on what uh, what had been done on, on Saturday Night Live as well and exactly. it, it's just you know it 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 drew so much attention that it it was it, it's iconic for uh, for the brand.
1: Well, here's the thing. He originally when the guy came to him and said, "Look, everyone else has said no." But now that you're staying, I want, I want you to know if you're going to do this. And he initially said, no, I'm not doing this. This is crazy. I'm going to get, you know, it's like everybody's going to be completely crazy. We're going to have, you know, be, be delisted by Target, Walmart, and whatever. Yeah. And he stepped back and he said, you know, now that I'm here and I'm not going anywhere, what is it I really need to do to make this brand come back? And he said, we're going to do this thing. Now, they did it walmart ended up delisting them They even got the the ceo of walmart to say we're not going to sell sweaty balls which of course everybody ben and jerry thought was the funniest thing on the planet yeah they did have a lot of mothers groups really upset at them
0: <laughs> okay, oh sure the yeah teenage
1: boys are running around screaming this thing but it was when the when that came out it was that the brand was back now they've since done um, you know all kinds of uh, Jimmy Fallon flavors they've done a, a Black Lives Matter flavor yeah uh, And' he's been, he was been there for eight years. He's now transitioning but uh, to uh, be possibly on uh, taking another role. but at the same time he's now seen as sort of a founder CEO person in a sense that they just sort of, he sort of so went into this thing that when they released the Black Lives Matter flavor, Ben calls up Jostein and says you outbend me. <laughs> okay but here's the thing this would have only this only happened because Yostein so got clear on the beautiful purpose that he is and he was in that on that stage to sing his song and if he had taken this huge promotion that they were offering him and doubled six-figure raise and all the things that went with it he would have been managing somebody who would do that but not doing it and so he turned it down he turned down the job he turned down the promotion that of us would never turn down. But in doing so, he gave all of us a brand that is iconic because he really helped it. Now, obviously, he didn't do this by himself. And when I've I've worked with the whole management team, and they all have such incredible sense of purpose. If there's ever an entity, their social activism at Ben & Jerry's is probably the best of any company that I've ever seen Right, because they so believe that their purpose isn't selling ice cream. Their purpose is to change the world. And what they realize is that two people who have opposite points of view around abortion or whatever it may be, if you give them ice cream, they'll have a conversation.
0: Which ends up being a great way to be able to bridge some of the gaps that we see out there today. Um, you mentioned Lego. How, how did Lego play into this this process of purpose?
1: Well, first of all, um, What's really funny is that I go around the one world running programs and working with executives. And what we do is one of the things we think about is uh, we help them look back at uh, when they were a kid, what were some of their magical moments in their life before everybody told them who they should be. Okay? Yeah. And you get a lot of really powerful narratives and stories that help them think about what is that purpose that's always been with them. And for many people, they're, one of their Lego sets and their experience with Lego has a magical moment in it. And I cannot tell you the number of people whose purpose statement has the word Lego in it. Wow. Okay. okay. So I got one guy who says his purpose is to be the Lego poet that helps you connect head to heart. Okay. Okay. All and right. Guy's, I have another guy's purpose, which is, you know, my, 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 my purpose is to build the Lego helicopter that actually flies. Okay. Now, each of these are very powerful metaphors for each of these individuals. So there's something about that brand that's iconic in that sense. Now, LEGO's purpose is to basically allow kids to become the engineers and scientists of the world and yep. be able to step into that part of themselves, and I'm paraphrasing it. And, and what's beautiful is that we, we've been doing work with uh, LEGO, with uh, some of their HR groups and some of the other groups, to help them clarify what their individual purposes are and how to connect their individual purpose to the organization's purpose, and how do you fully bring that to the next level? I mean, all toy companies right now are very struggle are struggling. Toys R Us goes out of business. How would you like to have 20% of yeah. your distribution disappear from one day to the next? Okay. So toys, so Lego is just like every other company reinventing itself and discovering what is the next thing. But the one interesting thing is is that the purpose hasn't changed. Okay, and in some sense, that's the most powerful. Uh, compass for them is how do they stay true to the cup comp- to the purpose?
0: I, I would guess that that to a degree, using the Toys R Us example, that that to a degree, the the purpose of what that company was maybe twenty five years ago or twenty years ago uh, may have deviated from. Uh, you know, especially in the last few years, part of it because of the the change going on in our culture and and in retail. But I would think that part of the reason why Toys R Us it did not uh, was not able to continue is because maybe their purpose did not match what they what it really needed to be.
1: Well, what happened with Toys R Us, for example, is that you know they got bought by uh, a venture capital firm, and of course, their purpose was uh, very different than probably the original owners of Toys R Us right yeah the other thing is is that you know what purpose will do is it will keep focusing you on what it is it you really need to do but if you get sucked into how you're doing it today you'll forget the purpose a for example has a beautiful purpose which is to make what's available to the few to be available to the many right now the challenge is, is they unfortunately real forgot that the internet showed up so in, a, in about four or five years ago all of a sudden their sales went down as their competitors were able to get on the internet and in some sense, they had been so, so focused on their store experience. Well, their purpose has nothing to do with stores. You know, the purpose says, how do you make what's available to the few, available to the many? And if you had been true to that, and what they realized is, is that they had lost the connection and they needed to step back into it, and that the Internet was a beautiful expression of how you bring that purpose to alive. So the challenge for all companies is, that how do you make the transition to these whole different worlds that we live in with digital platforms and all the things that are happening? The beautiful thing about purpose is purpose is not stuck in the old way in which we've been doing it. Purpose is a common, beautiful, clear message of what is it that we are here to do, and then the how you do it will change over time.
0: So it's it's very possible that the internet and because of how we rely on it so much, it has the opportunity to kind of
1: drive a, a new a new era of
0: purpose. Correct?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I think so. And now, you know what's funny for me is that. Uh, ten years ago when I was doing this work, nobody was doing it. Now, all of a sudden, every time I turn around, somebody's talking about purpose. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's like, you know, I hate being the guy who's been around forever. And then everybody else says, hey, you know, I've just figured this thing out called purpose. And I'm like, well, I've been around for a while. <laughs> What's interesting is why. So the question is, why is it so sexy and important right now? So my my, under, my sense of it is this, is that in the last ten years, the level of uncertainty has increased dramatically with the, every organization. Right. no, I don't know any organization right now that has a strategic plan that goes out more than a couple of years, that they have any possibility that's going to actually occur. I mean, being in the automotive industry right now must be incredibly challenging, right? So, 10 years from now, what's, what are we going to be selling? What are we going to be buying? I mean, I right. don't even have any idea. So, if you look at this across banks and everything else, that's, so the timelines are dramatically shrinking, but we all still need some solid Certainty to stand on. You have to lead from some place. right? Yeah And so for me, what's happened is, is people have realized the strategies are fragile, the tactics show up on as a tweet in the morning. Purpose now becomes the only thing that doesn't change, both for you as an individual, as a leader, as well as the organization. And if you have those two things, you can probably handle most anything and be more adaptive and flexible and responsive. As opposed to being stuck in a strategy, which is about having retail stores or whatever the case may be, which is incredibly fragile, right? So, so that's in some sense what the what what the opportunity I think of what purpose can do now. Actually, doing that is incredibly difficult, right? Okay, so I'm not suggesting, oh, great, we'll give you your purpose, <laughs> Dan, and everything becomes easy,
0: right? Yes, okay, becomes
1: I mean, a this,
0: becomes a bigger challenge.
1: Much bigger I mean, this was like the, the, the book that I just finished that you, we've been talking about, um, I, If there was ever anything I didn't want to have to do was write this book, okay? Because for the most part, I've written books with others, and I still didn't want to do this thing, and yeah. so I resisted it, resisted it. And then basically my purpose, which is to wake you up and have you be finally home, which is the way I worded my purpose. It kept saying to me, you know what? You need to wake up a lot more people, and you're just going to write this book. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to write this book. And it says, they said, it basically, it's saying to me, watch me. So it gets me in a, uh, a, a presenting, and then after me comes up Brene Brown, and then we start talking. And basically, I, we have a conversation, which she says, look, uh, I'd love to figure out my purpose. And I says, great, let's do that. So we do that. and Then she says, well, I'm going to write the four to your book. I was like, what book? She says, the one you're going to write. And I'm going to give you my agent, right? who happens to be the agent for Arianna Huffington, Howard Schultz, and everybody else on the planet. And, yeah. I'm like, and I call her up, and she says, Nick, I did your program at Wharton. I'm like, oh, my God. Here's my purpose, <laughs> and we're yeah. going to do this book. So all of a sudden, there is no possibility this book not happening. <laughs> but, you know, in some sense, that's my personal version of what it means to lead from purpose. Okay, And I'm telling this to you so that... You know, for each one of us, there's a version of what that looks like, that right. there's the possibility of what we can step into that our little selves isn't, aren't, isn't going to be compelling enough to think about. But the purpose that leads us will get us there.
0: Nick, thanks very much for coming on the show today, and uh, all the best with the book in the future.
1: Thank you, my friend.
0: Thank, Thank you. See you later. Great having you here. Uh, Nick Craig, uh, the book is Leading from Purpose, Clarity and the Confidence Act. When It Matters Most, the book, by the way, uh, available in bookstores and online now. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.